friends, it's Shawnee, your nerdy girlfriend and life coach from simpleonpurpose.ca. Welcome to the Simple On Purpose podcast, all about simplifying your home, heart, and life. So before we get started, I wanted to share with you a podcast review I came across. I was asking you guys a while ago to share some reviews, give me a rating in iTunes because it helps me show up in the search results. Anyways, I've just really appreciated reading through these. This is such a cute one. I really love the name you have, looking for a forever home. So adorable. And the review says, as a stay-at-home mom of littles, I appreciate Shauna's short practical podcasts that give plenty of insight and support in this chapter of life. I feel like I could be friends with her in real life. Thanks Shauna for my favorite podcast, Star Eyes. I have star eyes for you. I, I don't know you, but I feel like we could be friends in real life too. <laughs> I'm all about that. I'm all about let's be online friends, become real life friends. And I do really love that you point out that I try to keep it short and practical. That is what's important to me. I don't want to spend an hour telling you various stories and drawing out the subject. I just want to get right to the point because we're moms. We don't have a lot of time. For instance, I'm recording this while everyone sneaks out to the park. I can hear them walking down the road as we speak, so I know I'm on the clock. Today, I want to also encourage you to take a minute and find the show notes. If you haven't checked out the show notes, all you need to do is Google your podcast player and show notes like Spotify show notes or iTunes show notes. It's going to tell you how to find them. But anytime you can't find them, just go to simpleonpurpose.ca, click listen, Every episode I've done is going to be there with the show notes and the show notes are just full of links, full of relevant links that I mention and any freebies that I mention. they're all there. Links to the Simple On Purpose Facebook group and links to sign up for the Simple Saturdays email, which if you aren't a part of, it is so much fun. I encourage you to sign up for that. Today I want to talk about how to get good at things. Because we all want to be good at things, like we all want to feel like we can handle things, like we know what we're doing. And in my life, I think some of the most unsettling adjustments have been when I don't really know what I'm doing. Like I've moved to a new job, I've moved to a new town, I'm trying a new hobby, I'm suddenly pandemic schooling my children for the first time ever. There's just this deep part of us that just wants to get good at things because underneath all of that, we believe if we are good at things, then we get to feel secure and successful. This is what our brain tells us. It doesn't necessarily mean it's true, but we are striving to be good at things because of what we think we will feel when we are. But here's the truth. I'm bad at many things. I've been bad at things in my life. I'm still bad at things in my life. Like I'm bad at basketball and most sports really. A few years ago, I looked at a video that my sister took of me and Levi running in the back lawn playing soccer, and I laughed so hard when I saw how I like flailed and swatted my feet, my reactions were delayed, it just looked like, I don't think it looked like I was playing soccer, but I was trying in my mind, I was better than how I looked. I'm not good at gardening, I keep trying to grow things, but Generally, I just have fake house plants and accept whatever the garden is going to offer me that year. I haven't always been a good friend. Thankfully, I've had a really great best friend who's walked alongside me the past decade and really helped me with that. I haven't been good at math, but when I took it a second time, I aced it. <laughs> I haven't been a good guitar player, especially when I thought it should come as easily to me as playing the piano had come to be. Some of these things in my life I've made an effort to get better at, some I just accepted. I can definitely see that I have some fixed mindsets versus growth mindsets in a lot of areas of my life. 
And if you've listened to that episode on growth mindset, I'm going to link that in the show notes. A growth mindset believes that we're capable of improving and a fixed mindset believes that we just have this certain unchangeable level of skills and talents. And I really still definitely struggle with that in some parts of my life i think like i'll just never be able to do it i'll never be able to learn that that's definitely a fixed mindset there's just been these things in my life i told myself i wasn't any good at and i believed it for a long time i lived by it it's been part of my identity and that's really hard to challenge it's really hard to challenge the belief you have about yourself especially when you see a video of yourself flailing around like a drunk octopus while your kid kicks a soccer ball in circles around you it's really hard to challenge these labels we give ourselves over the decades so i'm not good at these things but maybe i could be if i wanted to I coach a lot of women who want to make change in their life. Maybe they want to improve their marriage or their health habits or their home routines, and they can see where they want to go, but they get stuck. And one of the biggest reasons we all get stuck is that we aren't willing to learn how to get good at it. We kind of suck at it right now. We don't have the mindsets, the muscle memory, the habits, the self-awareness to be really good at it. And it isn't just a matter of getting good at the thing. It's a matter of getting good at the little steps that let you do the thing well. So we all kind of know where we want to go. We know what needs to be done. We want to get good at that thing. We want to get good at being a morning person, get good at having a home routine, get good at controlling our time. We want to just be good at that already. But we actually need to be good and learn the little steps that allow us to do that, the little building blocks that help us to do that along the way. The other thing we also need to be up for is doing something that we kind of suck at Well, we allow ourselves to become better at it. We definitely meet all or nothing thinking here. If I'm not good at it, I must suck at it. And when we think we suck at things, we feel defeated, we feel hopeless, and just trying to make change from this place will always be fueled with shame and it's going to fizzle out with resentment. What are you wanting to make change on this season? What do you want to get good at? So I'm going to give you three tips and these are the tips that I think are going to be the building blocks that are going to help you do the thing. <laughs> these are the things that I want you to really get good at paying attention to and working on that will help you become good at the thing. The first one is to ask yourself how you are measuring success here. You might immediately see you have some all or nothing thinking. You might be aiming for a hundred percent success rate. Like I want to make good decisions about how I eat hundred percent of the time. I want to get up early in the mornings hundred percent of the time, but there's a saying progress over perfection. That's worth embracing because perfection isn't going to allow you to get good at things. It expects you to be good. Perfection doesn't give you any grace. It doesn't let you learn. It doesn't let you practice. It doesn't let you grow. So what's a better way to measure success? Can we start with the 10% please? <laughs> and then the 20%? When my kids went to school and they were learning how to read, the kindergarten class held this like um, session for the parents. And they were teaching us all about how to read with our kids. And one of the things they said is, don't push for 100%. Don't correct them 100% of the time honor the progress your kids are making. Like this is how they're going to get good at it by making progress. And when I've worked on changing my own habits in the past, I would track them every day in a bullet journal. I would just mark off the days when I was doing the thing that I was working on that time. And at that time I was doing one habit a month. I called it one simple habit. So 
some of my habits were like reading a book at night instead of social media or taking vitamins or reading a devotion. And I wasn't aiming for a hundred percent. I wasn't aiming for every single day. I was aiming for progress. So I would tally up the percent of days that I did this and I would compare it to last month's. And my whole goal was to do just a little bit more. Because to me, that's what success had to look like. I had to give myself the grace to learn it over time instead of having this all or nothing thinking, this black and white thinking, and then just perpetuating this story in my my mind that I'm not good at it, I can't figure it out, blah, 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 blah. But I can always make progress if I'm not constantly seeking perfection. The second thing to ask yourself is ask how you handle failure. So maybe you've made the attempts, you've set your alarm to get up, you've laid out your workout clothes, you told yourself you wouldn't yell at your kids and you failed. How do you handle this? So often this is just a spotlight shining on our inner critic that's going to start shaming us. It's going to point out all of the reasons why this was a bad idea and that we won't figure it out and, and whose fault it is. So there have been many things in my life that I've attempted and in my career that I consider to be a failure because they didn't go how I wanted them to go. I wanted them to be flawless, successful, more than successful. But this isn't how life has been. There have been times where I've just been flat out let down because it didn't look like what I wanted it to look like. There have been times in my life where everything felt like it was falling apart. My plans weren't working. But through the years, especially in growing this online business over the years, I am working on shifting my mindset. I'm trying to really embrace this mindset that I cannot fail. To me, everything works out the way it was meant to, and I can find a lesson in all of it. And of course, this is going to feel naive. I can't fail. There's a lesson in everything that if you would have told me that years ago, I would have rolled my eyes at you because it does sound naive. But as you practice it, you can find some peace in that. You can find truth in that. Because the jobs I failed at, they taught me lessons about what I wanted differently in my life. The relationships I failed at, they taught me about what doesn't work. The habits I failed at, they taught me about how I was motivating myself and what I was chasing. So I want to reframe failure. To me, failure is giving up on the things I really want and value because they don't come easy. Failing is telling myself I had nothing to learn from that experience because it wasn't the exact experience I wanted. And I deny myself a lot of great lessons this way. And let's be real. These are lessons I probably couldn't have learned any other way. Think about the lessons you have needed to be hit over the head with. And I think our kids can be really good teachers in this. Sometimes we just need to learn our lesson in a very potent way. Like my children, we walk to the bus in the morning and sometimes it's snowing out and they don't want to wear snow boots. They want to wear runners or they want to wear like a sweater. And I can try and talk them out of it. I can give them all the reasons, but this isn't how they are learning their lesson. You know how they're learning their lesson? Me saying, sure, go ahead, listen to your body. You can figure this out. You're very smart. And then they get to school with wet and cold feet. And now they know (laughs) they don't want wet and cold feet. They want dry feet. So the next day they have their snow boots on. That's how they had to learn their lesson. Number three, pay attention to how you're motivating yourself. Are you making decisions because you think you should? You think it's what others expect? Are you trying to make change from a place of frustration? Are you beating yourself up for where you're at? None of this will motivate you in the long run. It might create some change, but this change is shame-based and it's reparative to your ego rather than refreshing to your soul. If you want to dig into this part 
I have the Making Change Challenge. It's a free audio lesson challenge. And I have a lesson on positive and negative motivation because I really want you to pay attention to how you talk to yourself. It's time to move into love and enjoyment and grace. Imagine how much more motivating it is when you speak to yourself from this place. I mean, imagine even how it changes things for your kids when you positively motivate them with compassion and hope rather than negatively motivate them with shame and guilt. It feels so much different. And when we feel different, we act different. Okay, my last tip, and I think it kind of sums up everything I've been kind of touching on here, is that what you need the most is willingness. Be willing to get good by being willing to be bad right now. Be willing to be uncomfortable and get messy. Be willing to be humble and learn from it. And here's a hard one. Be willing to be patient and stick with it. Like I've been telling you, I've, I've learned this lesson in so many areas of my life. When I'm willing to keep going, even when it looks like I'm failing, even when it's hard work, even when I just have this mental chatter that if it was right and if I was successful, then I would just be there already. It's like disciplining a child. So if your child has a behavior you're trying to correct over and over again, you are correcting their behavior. And then eventually you realized you don't have to correct them lately. You haven't had to be on them. They have just learned it over time because you stuck with it, because you were consistent, even when it felt like you weren't making progress. Or it's like learning new recipes. You keep going back and checking the instructions, double check things, double check the ingredients. It's slow, you're making a mess, but then you transition into meals you can cook with your eyes closed. You know the ingredients. It's like a grandma dancing through her kitchen. She just, she just knows grandmas are good cooks because they've spent years becoming good at it. So be willing to get good if you want to get good at something. If this is something that you want support on, you want to be making some change in your life, you want to be improving in an area of your life and you're ready for some formal guidance, then I will let you know that I do have some one-on-one sessions opening up for coaching in the fall. It's four sessions, about one, two weeks apart. And we start with a whole life vision. It's adapted from the Life on Purpose workbook. And what this allows you to do is to take some time doing an assessment of the nine areas of your life start listening to yourself in what you want in each of these areas. And then you pick an area and we get started. I help you move towards what you want while addressing why it isn't happening. We work a lot on the mindsets that support your actions. And I am all about taking value-based effective action. That's going to move you towards your goals from positive motivation, from compassion and grace, not just trying to power through with willpower and tough talking. Of course, if you're not interested in the whole life vision aspect, we can just coach on any issue that you like and any issue goes. I've coached on pretty much any issue you can imagine in life coaching, whether it's your home, your heart, your life, your relationships with your family, your siblings, your in-laws, your spouse, your relationship with yourself, how you're spending your time, how you're spending your money, your health, all of these things I've coached on and more. And I really value one-on-one coaching because Personally, it's helped me in my own life. And also because I know that it's a time where we really explore the issues. We really get clear on where you want to go and we set you up for success. Like I'm not about false platitudes and false affirmations and just telling you what to do with your life. I want you to feel like you are successful in satisfying your own vision and your own values, who you want to be and what you want in your life. And for those of you who are interested, I do offer coaching from a Christian perspective and I do use the Enneagram if that's something you're interested in, the self-discovery tool, the Enneagram. And even if you don't know your type, I can help you out with that. I got you there. 
All right, that wraps up. I would love to hear from you. What do you want to get good at? What are you willing to be bad at now so that you can be better at it in the future? What are you willing to be uncomfortable learning? What are you willing to be patient with? What are you willing to stick out so that you can become good at it? I would love to hear from you. If you're on Instagram, find me at simpleonpurpose.ca and share it with me there. Screenshot, take me in it. I'd love to hear what you want to get good at. All right, have a great week. Thank you.